to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody to this Man Up, Man Up podcast number 143, hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. Where is he? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church. Uh-oh, I heard a cough. Put the mask on. Yes, no, no, it's hell. Baptist Church, so, Sugarland, Texas, so grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Swim your way through the blue, find Texas, southeast corner of Texas is Houston, southwest side, of Houston to Sugarland, and that's where we are. Oh, that's cough number two. We might be cutting this one because of the coronavirus outbreak. Couple of coughs, and I'm ready to go home. <laughs> we are. We are not pastors. We're just regular guys, and we're on this faith-based journey. We're glad you're. You've come along with us. Now, you might have found us on Apple Products. Not necessarily iTunes anymore, Apple. or what? Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. We're also on iHeartRadio. All of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud, and you can get a hold of us through either SoundCloud or also we have a Facebook page at man-up, or our website, which is man-upspiritualoasis.com. What we do here is we are each on this individual faith journey, and we have this long discussion. We deep dive into the scriptures and update them and also apply them with a bit of a man perspective. And as you might, have, you might know and you might have heard, this is the No Church Answers Tour. So you got, you got a question, you post it, and we'll give you, this, we'll give you the straight scoop as we see it. <clears throat> What is a little bit different about our particular podcast as others, we recognize that not only is this designed for men and to help men through their faith journey, but also that men's time is limited. You don't get the opportunity to go ahead and have these kind of discussions just every day. So that's why we're so glad that you turn in, tune in weekly and listen to us. Uh, what we do is we have a brief overview and and even sometimes we we have a summary of, of some things that we've gone through in the in the last lessons as we start new ones uh, and then we also we have a basic uh, read a scripture and then we deep dive into that and apply it and kind of peel it back like an onion another thing that makes this particular podcast so unique is that we have a panel discussion with with guys that have different backgrounds, not only different occupations, but d basically different philosophies and, and where they've come from in their life and their position in life. And so you might identify with one or more of them. And so what I'm gonna do at this time is I'm gonna go ahead and uh, introduce this uh, cast of characters. I'm gonna start with uh, the empty chair that's not here. He, uh, we call him the professor. He is a trainer at a Fortune 100 company, not one of those sissy Fortune 500 companies. 
And, uh, well, he won't have a lot to say today because he's not here. He's leaking, if you know what I mean. Somebody is. So. That, that could be taken. <laughs> no. No. Professor Koshu, and I, I, from what I heard, though, honestly, he's yeah, doing some bike. auto mechanics. Yeah, so it's uh, kind, 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 kind of issue. So. Um, and also, he is a world-class policy writer, but he's also a bit of a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. And he's our class deacon. He's also an insurance guy. Super nice guy. And, uh, and he's a conass, too. So Kyle Trahan, he's here as well. Yay. <clears throat> and we have, we call him the judge. He's an attorney, but he's also a prosecutor, so he could defend you or he could throw the book at you. Michael Cropper is here, and my name is Bill Cox, and I am basically a uh, a contractor, a uh, sales kind of guy, but I've been a uh, writer, an actor, and, but I'm also the director of Man Up. So <clears throat> we're so glad you're here, and with that, we have uh, we have completed uh, the study on Colossians. And uh, we're starting a new one. And this particular, a lot, we use a lot of different texts, but <clears throat> this is going to be the next one that we're doing in a series that's from the Baptist Way Press, Connect 360, uh, Miracles, the Transforming Power of Jesus. And we're, uh, we're just getting started. This is the very first, this is the very first uh, lesson of it, and it's from the Gospel of Matthew. And that's what we're, uh, we're going to be digging into for the next, uh, what, 13 weeks. So... Uh, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, thanks so much for tuning in and uh, go around the room and maybe get, uh, you know, a brief uh, summary or your impression of the last study and then maybe uh, a brief overview of what you have about the first lesson, which happens to be overcoming temptation. And start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Uh, well, I'll just go right into the, the study here. We're starting. Uh, miracles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, oh, don't, don't want to go back. back. Come on, oh, I don't want to go back. I did that last time. We lost it. It was great. I'm going right in because I'm right. <laughs> uh, miracles. Uh, and uh, it's it's kind of the stuff it's worth going into because it's the things we we don't talk about often, and it defies, of course, the rational nature uh, of our thinking. But miracles are. Essentially, um, well, I looked up the definition. It's just literally, I mean, we, we talk about miracles, you know, well, that's a miracle. It's a miracle. A miracle. The, you know, the Knicks won. It's a miracle. <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, but a miracle, actually, the, the, the dictionary definition, of, um, number one, is, is a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be a work of a divine agency, a work of God. And, um, you know, it's, it's of course, the, you know, the parts of the Bible that some people have the hardest believing. Oh, you know, he, he turned water into wine. He, um, he calmed the storm. He, he healed he, people. He fed the 5,000. And, right. and, um, and the miracles we're going to talk about all come from Matthew in this case. Uh, he starts with an unusual one um, with the temptation in the wilderness. And, Excellent. Um, Kyle, do you do you think do you think the temptation is a miracle? Since you brought that up, just, I, just, well, 
the reason I asked that, Steve and I talked right before you got here, and you mentioned this is the first one. Well, get into this. I don't know. The author says it required a superhuman effort or a superhuman effort. Yeah, well, let's call it an effort, a superhuman achievement to... Resist. Resist this. Well, look, right. look, talk about it. Now, okay. the author may be shoehorning it into this. The publisher may have said, we only have 12. we got to figure out 13. 13. Right. So, <laughs> so well, well yeah. at the end of this, I will leave it to the readers, to the listeners, to decide right. uh, where they want to put this. But it, uh, even if it's a miracle or not, it is it is a really important story. So, um, yeah. I, I would agree with that. Kyle. You know me. I'm... Usually the one trying to figure it all out. (laughs) What am I getting out of this? Um, You know, bringing it kind of into a a modern time for us, you know, we don't generally have wilderness. We're just going to go neander and you're not going to go get lost in, you know, Pecan Grove over here. (laughs) You know, uh, Memorial Park, you can go wander around for a little bit, but sooner or later you're going to stumble back into civilization, you know. And so, you know, when I'm, I'm trying to figure out what in the, well, the what in the world I'm supposed to get out of it, it was I think the wilderness of our minds that oh. you know we can, you know, get lost in ourselves, um, you know, and for us that's when we are generally tempted the most is when we are out mm-hmm. by ourselves, on our own little. Wilderness mm-hmm. journey, if you will. Mm, interesting. Uh, m- judge. <laughs> Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I will go back just a little bit into uh, uh, chapter three, folks. Where we are in, in, in the study is we've left one, two, and three of Matthew out, and they are the beginning of Jesus Christ, his genealogy, um, uh, as the son of David, as the son of Abraham. Uh, that's chapter 1 of Matthew. Chapter 2 of Matthew is Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And uh, his family took him and moved away because uh, they had had a dream. Joseph had a dream that, in fact, Jesus, pardon me, that, that Herod would come after him and try to kill the babies that were born in Bethlehem. And he, in fact, did that. And, and they moved away. And then they ended up moving back to Nazareth. Uh, I think, let's see, Galilee, Mm -hmm. my apologies, Galilee. And where I wanted to pick up, uh, that was very brief, is chapter uh, chapter 3 of Matthew. And Jesus has now grown up. He all of a sudden comes from uh, living and dwelling in Nazareth with his family. All of a sudden he comes and finds John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is preaching the wilderness. He's baptizing people uh, and telling them to repent. And a lot of the common people are going out to John the Baptist and getting baptized. And the Pharisees and Sadducees also came to John to be baptized. And, and, and I, I think Jesus is the only one who is, condemns the Pharisees face to face. But it not. it's not. John the Baptist looks up and says, You brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He doesn't spare any unkind words for the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But anyway, he says, if you're going to be baptized and turn and repent from your sins, your fruits are going to bear it. Bear fruits that are worthy of repentance. So while he's doing this, while he's, he's, he's baptizing a lot of people, Jesus finds them and comes to him to be baptized. 
And this is really the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And that's one of the things I think also is the reason why we're looking at this in the first lesson. So he comes to, to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist says, I can't baptize you. I need to baptize. Pardon me. I need to be baptized of you. You're the Holy One of God. And Jesus says, no, suffer to do that. Uh, this is what the Lord wants. This is what righteousness uh, calls for. This is what my Heavenly Father wants. He doesn't say that in so many words. You can read that in the scriptures. And then we go on today's lesson, uh, chapter 4. That, that's, but that, I'm glad you brought, up, brought this up because this is the event that precedes this, this 40-day sojourn in the wilderness. Right. And it is an incredible validation of Jesus and his mission. As, as, the, as, as Matthew tells us, mm -hmm. Jesus is baptized, and the heavens open up, the dove comes down, and the voice of God is heard, who says, uh, this is this my, is, this is my son, this is my son, whom I love, and with whom I am well pleased. But it, and, and so there's this validity, so all this is now just happened, but I, the, the um, I think the author points this out there that that's that's what God says points to two bits of scripture uh, Psalm uh, 2 um, and Isaiah yes. uh, 42 1 mm. through 4 and the significance there is that both yeah. both both kind of paraphrase the Son of God yes. um, and favor is upon him and and Psalm Psalm two, especially seven through nine, is this song of this, the the Savior will come and rock all the foundations. All right. Isaiah forty two, chapter forty two, is the first of the four servant songs, which talk about the Lord, the <clears throat> Savior, but that He'll be some kind of suffering servant. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, and, and later you get to fifty. I think chapters fifty-two and fifty-three, which you know, by his stripes we are healed. He has borne the transgressions um, uh, on our on on himself. Um, so Jesus is going to go into the wilderness with this on his mind: um, who he is, what is his mission, and he's going to spend forty days coming to terms with that, and then. <laughs> Who comes along <laughs> kind of at this most vulnerable point, 40 days mm -hmm. of fasting? Um, we'll talk about, uh, I'll go to Bill, but fasting, that, that whole part is interesting because 40 days fast is about the limit humans can go uh, yeah. based on even studies they've done with people who've gone on hunger strikes, and it's got to be managed carefully. Uh, so after 40 days, uh, he's incredibly vulnerable, and he gets this set of temptations. Right. Yep. All right. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Thank you. You know, uh, one thing about it is, as we start this new study, the Gospel of Matthew was written by uh, Matthew, was a, who was a former tax collector and original of the Twelve Apostles. And the references in it uh, indicate that it was primarily written for a Jewish audience. Um, many people believe that this book of Matthew was written between 60 and 70 A.D., so you're, you're looking about, what, 30, 35 years after Jesus was crucified. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um, also, uh, one thing about it is uh, it, it confirms Jesus' deity uh, and the claims to be the Savior of the world uh, by uh, pointing out all of these um, 
of these miracles. And uh, I'll go ahead and I will read um, the scripture, scripture and it is uh, Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hand they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister him. Now, Steve and I were talking again at the first, before we uh, began the podcast, Bill. Now, I wouldn't have been tempted by bread, but I would sure like to have had a steak. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And in fact, Steve Steve said quail, which we remember in the Old Testament. (laughs) The the, uh, Israelites, when they were leaving Egypt... And they got hungry, really hungry. They wanted meat, and God sent more quail than they could eat, mm-hmm. right? And stuffed them. And I, and maybe maybe smoked quail is better than than, than ribeye. I don't oh, know. No. But when when you guys <laughs> said that, when I came in uh, again before the podcast, my brain went to the Wagyu American Ooh. Wagyu brisket I saw today in HEB. Mm-hmm. Thought now that is something new. I thought ragu was a spaghetti no, sauce. No, no wagyu. Wagyu. The Japanese <laughs> beef. Yeah, Japanese then, beef. You know, so when y'all right. Now maybe you yeah. can put some wagyu in your ragu. I don't know if that's going to help something. anybody but anyway we're on a rabbit trail. Um, you know how is the 40 days of fasting even possible. You know, there's the old adage, and I'll follow yeah. to you guys here in a minute because you know, we got our biblical mm-hmm. scholars. You know, you the thing, what is it, three minutes without air, uh, three days without water, and three weeks without food. Isn't that that right? except Except you can go longer. It depends what you're doing. If you have, and, and this is, where, where Jesus was was not the Sahara. In fact, I looked, you look it up on, on Google Maps, the area he's in is still, it's still undeveloped. There's a lot of mountains, and, and so you can see roads going around it, but it's about, the way I looked at it, about 25 miles square. It's about the size of Sugarland. if, if you know, if I'm mm-hmm. comparing the two, which is, for someone, you know, if you're in a culture that essentially walks around on foot, it's big. It's big, right. But, yeah. but, but, but if it rains, it's, and, and roughly... Roughly, and I'm gonna for those familiar with the map, that Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River, a little bit north of the of the Dead Sea. 
He's mm-hmm. a, a bit. He's a bit south, where southeast of of Jericho, and the wilderness he's in is this mountainous area that's roughly between Jericho and Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's now there's now a monastery. There's a Greek monastery on what they call the Mount of Temptation. Um, and so, but my, what, where I'm getting at is that if it rains in Jericho, it probably rains in the wilderness, and there are probably wells. And if you can do a 40-day fast with water, and as long as you're not, you know, exor- you know, killing too much energy. Now, here's where some speculation comes in, because obviously fasts have been done in, in hunger strikes or even in, in disciplines. Yeah, again, 40 days based on scientific observation is about the longest you can go before you really need food because before your body really begins to break down muscle tissue um if uh there are there is there is speculation it's not biblical that jesus spent time with the essenes the it, it was kind of the ascetic sect but they were a messianic sect mm-hmm. of jews they they actually they they were the ones who basically preserved the dead sea scrolls which would not have been too far from where where he was baptized. We, we don't know, but if he was, we're, we're going to have to speculate a little bit that he has practiced some sort of discipline or asceticism to get to the point to be able to uh, fast for, for 40 days. Or, or you know, we, or we can go the straight messianic route. He did it because he's Jesus. But um, certainly to resist to this point, um, where he is now presented with these temptations, but I, I'm going to say that that I get I get I get antsy after you know at four o'clock in the afternoon. I get right. you know I, I can't I've decided at some point you, to you make it no it all day no decisions and that's after lunch <laughs> that's after four hours <laughs> that's four hours yeah four lunch. hours I, 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 I'm I'm prone to buying meat off the back of a pickup truck <laughs> because it looks like a good idea <laughs> and so we got so hungry you go back to that and, and it's not wagyu meat I'll tell Steve you that would not do fasting <laughs> well the, the, well there are there are people that that do fast that. Includes basic water and like a cracker type. Mm-hmm. I mean, minimal susten- mm-hmm. sustenance yeah. uh, to keep the keep the body going. And well, I mean, for me, if it doesn't have a burger on it, then that's <laughs> fasting. You know, um, I agree, Bill. There, there, there was a good chance he. He, he might have had water and like liquids, right? Yeah. And he may have had a minimum. It doesn't tell us what his fasting right. was, but mm-hmm. to go 40 yeah. days, I would think there'd be a minimum sustenance. And, and also, yeah. fasting was was an accept was a regular practice. Apparently, yes. he, he, right. in, in the next yeah. chapter, in the in mm-hmm. Sermon on the Mount, he makes a reference when you fast. Yeah. I think it's chapter six. When you fast. Don't be somber. Don't look like you're fasting. Just go about your business. But he doesn't say, he's not making command, you should fast and, or he's not no. saying if you fast. He says this to his audience when you fast. Yeah, it's a normal so routine. It's, a, it's like right. everybody fasts at some time. It's, so yeah. so it's not, it's, 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 now I'm sure they weren't doing 40-day fasts. I'm, I'm sure they may have been doing 24 or day-long fasts. And sometimes in that, in that time period if there was no fish that particular night there was no food the next day so 
Well, what I thought was really interesting, and because in this text, uh, the author brings in the uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs, and so Mm -hmm. any of you that had psychology, uh, either high school or certainly in college, you certainly know um, about the hierarchy of needs, and it goes from the the basic biological and physiological needs that you need to, uh, you know, air, food, drink, and shelter. sleep to survive and then after you have that you know the next need that you look for is the safety needs you know protection security uh and then once you get those needs uh taken care of you know the belonging and love needs you know a family you know relationships work group and then of course the esteem needs achievement status you know reputation and i thought it's so interesting that the temptations are are all of those the devil hit him at all four of you know the the bases uh you know the the food and drink you know that that that's the the bread and then the then the safety need you know the protection and then the belonging and the love needs and then you know finally the status and it, it's it's so indicative of our own lives uh and it, it was just amazing, and, you know, when when the author brought this together, I thought, you know, how how relevant is that, you know, to our own life as well, and and, and the thing about it is, in in our class, our millennial brought it up that said, I don't really think that the temptation is the sin; it's succumbing. <clears throat> To the temptation, right, mm-hmm. is the sin, and I never really necessarily thought of it like that. You know, you can, uh, and I guess partly uh, is being um, being men, uh, being in the vipers, the you know mm-hmm. the, the den of vipers is uh, isn't the sin; it's becoming one. Yeah, the, the well, that's that's clear. I mean, I think that's always been clear. Because we are told that Jesus never sins, yet he is tempted. So obviously, um, temptation isn't a sin. Um, you know, and then, you know, the issues of, you know, do you seek, you know, you've got to be careful about seeking it out. Or, But there's definitely, definitely it's are you going to indulge your temptation? Yeah. Are you going to act to it or not? But that's that's kind of where, I mean, this is, this is you're going in a good direction here. Because you can apply these these examples in a in a in a you know a Middle Eastern wilderness to our own day because they translate you know they translate you know we need we have physical needs mm-hmm. uh, we have security needs and you know we have needs for status and recognition and they could all be those those you know fulfilling those needs is not necessarily sinful at all and and you know, eating bread or having security or being successful, having status are not sinful. But how you get there? I mean, the question is, is how you get there? Because everything here, um, and 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 maybe you want to go to this after the break. Um, everything here is Jesus is going to get. I mean, obviously he's going to get food, um, but the uh, the the um, recognition from the recognition from the world, as you know, as the, as the savior, 
the the endor- the endorsement from God he already has, but he continues to come down. He, but it's all coming. It's see, Satan wants to do it on his terms. He wants to nip this whole salvation project in the bud. Right. And uh, so we have we have the lesson of that. We have we have Jesus resisting that because he's got his eyes on the on the, eyes on the goal. And also we can look at some of this as you know. What are we tempted with, and what's wrong and what's right about? Well, I, I'm thinking this is oh, this is Lucifer, right? Right. He knows exactly who Satan is. We refer to Satan as the devil, but mm-hmm. this is Lucifer. Jesus knew him from mm-hmm. the beginning yeah. and before right. the beginning of the earth. Mm-hmm. Right? right. He was the what the second highest. Mm-hmm. You want to go ahead and go to okay. heartbreak, and we'll come back to this in just a minute, Bill. Well, that's right. We're going to go ahead and take the heart rate. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 143. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. This is the No Church Answer Tour. So if you've been listening to us... Uh, you're you're getting down into it. <clears throat> we are on this faith journey, and we're so glad that you join us weekly. We are on the Apple platform. Yep, Apple, we're on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. We're on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud, we are, where we archive all of our podcasts. We have a Facebook page that is at man-up, and we also have a website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. We were talking about uh, overcoming uh, temptation. This is a brand new study uh, in Matthew talking about Jesus's miracles. And the very first one is, uh, is the temptation where Jesus went on this fast for 40 days. And, you know, I, and I, I had this thought and we were talking about it a little bit in our own Sunday school class, the Man Up uh, Sunday school class, and where oftentimes when a man wants to change his life, he wanders off and goes by himself to contemplate what options are available and what he is going to change and kind of shuts him off from the normal people, the normal relationships they have, the normal stimuli. I'm absolutely certain that you know guys that either uh, are having issues with their wives, with their families, with uh, young guys, with their parents, or with their jobs. And you can give them all the advice in the world, but there's times that they just need to, and I'm sure you have, because I know I have, you need to just wander off by yourself and get your head clear and and think about what 
direction you are going to go in. And oftentimes, by getting away from and out of your normal uh, circle of influence, not only are you able to think clear, but you're also far more vulnerable to other outside stimuli and temptation and that kind of thing. And I think to a certain extent, that's what Jesus was doing here. He just needed to get away and think about, what am I going to do? What What is my next step? And fasting apparently was was the tradition, uh, tradition back in the day. Anyway, well, going back to uh, what I was saying, uh, I still don't quite understand how Jesus was tempted in the second two. Number one, throw yourself down from the, the pinnacle of the temple and also uh, bow down and worship me. Because, except that I'm, I'm looking right now at, at who who was trying to tempt him, that again was Satan, who was also Lucifer. And the Bible records that God actually created a powerful, intelligent, and beautiful angelic being. He was the chief among all angels, and his name was Lucifer. And in fact, he was referred to as the Shining One. And he was very good, but Lucifer also had a will with which he could freely choose. So I'm picturing Satan coming to Jesus as Lucifer, and and he's... I, I suppose he can still look like he did when he was in heaven, if he wants to. He doesn't have the authority he did. But he's going to Jesus and said, do you know who I am? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Do you know who I am? Yes, I'm, you're Lucifer. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not sure I know who you are. Or why don't you show me who you are? Uh, if you're really the Son of God, I mean, I'm not sure you're the Son of God. Uh, throw, now, he, all this time, he knows yeah, who Jesus yeah. is. Mm-hmm. But he's a master of deception, right? Mm-hmm. He deceived Adam and Eve. And he comes to Jesus and says, you know, we're in the pinnacle of the temple. And then, uh, I'm not sure you're the Son of God unless you can throw yourself down. And he wants to show me. Throw mm-hmm. yourself down. So he dares him to do it. And in and, and the context, when you read it, this is very, very simple and short but if you think about it put it in a context the way he really is as lucifer then i begin to see maybe what he's trying to do to to tempt jesus and again this is after 40 days of of fasting he's saying you know really show me who you really are and then after that that doesn't work so he takes him then challenges him to worship and of course one of the what the first commandment is thou shall have no Mm -hmm. other gods before me absolutely the first commandment so it's if you put it in context a little bit more who, who Satan really is, Lucifer, then, then maybe there's a little bit more temptation. I can see the other two, uh, the two opportunities he is trying to present to Jesus to get him to do those things or tempt him. And it might be a little bit of temptation for him. But I was thinking that Jesus was probably looking at this what do you mean this will all be mine? It already is. Well, he's thinking of that. I wrote that. He's probably something thinking very that. similar. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Just a minute ago. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Why would I why would I worship you? I, I was there at creation. So I know what all is here. And I know you from before creation. Right. 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 No, there's so much you. Left what was your here? name again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> There's no question he knew who he was and everything, and and, and right. it may not have been a real temptation to him. But uh, 
This is what you're saying. It's an interesting thing to kick around because it came up in my class as well. How difficult was this? Because the author, the author seems to seems to indicate that he thinks that this was a huge challenge for Jesus. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, there's no insight. You would just have this dynamic give and take. Um, Jesus seems to indulge him <laughs> to stick around. Yeah, that, no, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. it, isn't, it isn't until the third one that he says, go on, get out of here. Yeah, get out but, of here. But is it, is it, you know is it as, yeah. what well, takes us back to the beginning, is this, <clears throat> is this a, even, even when Jesus is fasting, is this a piece of cake for him? I know what it's all about. Or is he, is he really, is there something in there? Is the devil getting inside his head and saying, you know, you don't have to go to the cross yeah, yeah, I know. You know, everybody's going to bow down to you, just like the prophecies say. But, but why go to the cross for it? I mean, it, and and obviously, Jesus holds fast to this. But do you, do you think at at that point? Do you think that that at least that Lucifer made some headway there and got, you know, the the temptation the temptation to say be gone. Jesus had to really reach deep to his divine essence to do it. Or was it a piece of cake? I'm... Well, I, I, <laughs> this doesn't answer that question. Okay, I'm thinking like Job. Mm-hmm. Remember, Lucifer comes up or Satan comes mm-hmm. before God and so mm-hmm. he's been wandering yeah. around the earth and he mm-hmm. says, uh, and God says, have you noticed my servant Job? Mm-hmm. He's perfect in every way. I wouldn't doubt it. We don't mm-hmm. see that here. That's in mm-hmm. the Old Testament. I wouldn't doubt it. said... God says, okay. God still is the ultimate authority. And Lucifer cannot do anything, or Satan cannot do anything without God permitting Mm -hmm. him to do it. So I'm thinking, he says, okay, I've just sent Jesus into the wilderness uh, Mm -hmm. to be tested from me. And now it's your turn. You can tempt him. But he's my son. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's not. (laughs) So I'm thinking all this. And again, this is very interesting because we talk about this in our normal Christian lives. We talk about being tempted and being tested. And we, you and I talked about that before this. Uh, testing, I, I, I think in most cases, we can say testing comes from the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. When we're tempted, that comes from Satan, and we can fail. Tell you, mm-hmm. Adam and Eve. Right. I, can, I, I believe that, that God mm-hmm. tempted them to see if they would if they were strong enough to withstand Satan's uh, deception and persuasiveness. And they didn't. They fell, both of them, not just Eve. Both of them fell. And you got David and Bathsheba. They were, David was tempted after being king, and, and I mean just done magnificently of serving the Lord. He was tempted and he failed. He fell flat on his face. You have uh, Job who was who was tempted to curse God by his wife. I mean, he, he was put through temptation, just horrific, horrific temptation, but he did not fail, right? Uh, I, I say tempted, a test mm-hmm. again. And I, I have a tendency to mix those two well, uh, tests. And, and I, think of, I think of, <coughs> excuse me, of testing as it's spreading. It's spreading, right. It's spreading from the judgment. It's going from, it's kind of being like, in in using family terms, you're tested by your parents, your father, okay? If we talk to a man audience, your father will test you 
but your best friend will tempt you. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> See? Okay. Because that tempting comes with persuasion to try to get you to do something. Whereas a test is just put out as a challenge in front of you. Whereas tempting also comes with persuasion. And that's why that's why in the family, in a family realm, it just looks like to me, God will test you. But that friend that your parents warned you about is the one that will lead you astray. And that is the difference to me between testing and tempted. Oh, to, uh, to, to Steve's question a minute ago, uh, you know, I don't think it would have been a piece of cake um, to fight off the temptation. Um, otherwise, what would be the point in putting it in the Bible? You know, where would be the yeah, lesson in it? Yeah. You know, if it was, oh, you know, just get behind me, Satan, and it was just that easy, then all these are just words. And I think it's, it's very... Uh, Poignant that they put in there that he was at his weakest point. So he, he was he was at his weakest point when he was tempted. So that's the that goes to show that even though that he was tempted and he was as weak as he was going to get, he was still o- able to overcome the temptation. Well, I mean, you're praying for forty days and forty nights. I mean, you know, what else are you doing? You know, whittling on a stick, maybe, and because that's what I'd be doing. It's kind of like camping. But know. deep in thought, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, he was always with God. The, the, the other thing about this is that, so, so he's, not, he's not out there, you know, we think of him alone. There's, no, there's nobody else. But he's still, he's still got this connection with God, which is going to get him through this temptations cycle. Um, and and he also he also knows scripture, and the rather dramatic aspect of this dialogue between Lucifer and Jesus is that they're 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 kicking scripture back and forth. Lucifer comes in and is basically is is saying knows the scripture too, yes, right? Quote, mm-hmm. Quotes right, right out of and how often does that happen? How often how often do we think? Do we try to use a Bible verse to excuse bad behavior, or, or, or you know, for, you know, talk ourselves into an indulgence of some sort? Well, you know, uh, um, uh, I can't think of something off the top of my head, but you know, you know what kind of what I'm talking about here. Yeah. Um, or you know, take it completely out of context and say, yeah, well, you know, that's what that's what it said. Um, here, here. We see how how Jesus is simply armed with scripture, <laughs> and uh, how he, he pretty much overrules what the what the what Satan's trying to do in kind of in in a in a manipulative way. Um, so uh, that's part of it. He is armed with scripture. He is armed with his relationship with his Father here, um, which I think takes it back to to where where we as men are dealing with these wilderness issues. If we go into the wilderness with the Lord, we will emerge stronger. 
not that not that you know it's 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 going to be an easy time, but if if you go in with the word, if you go in prayerfully, uh, you will. I, I think you you will. It will work out. I think, and I really like what Kyle brought up about this wilderness isn't necessarily a physical wilderness. Oftentimes, it's a mental wilderness. It's it's confusion. It's lack of direction. You don't really feel that what's laid out in front of you uh, is you. You're you're trying to find yourself, uh, and and there's there's times when you need to just retreat into that corner, pull your antennas in, and just wander around in the wilderness that's your own mind. And sometimes you have to do that, but it's also that fine line of not getting lost in the wilderness. Right. And you've been talking about some of this kind of stuff recently with some new stuff you're pondering, uh, directions we're going to take some things uh, here in the future. I want to allude too much to that but it, it's what got me thinking in that direction um, you know is just getting lost in the wilderness is good at times and it's good for that fasting period but after that period don't get tempted which would be to stay there um, before we get down to the summary of mm -hmm. uh, you know of, of this particular lesson I just thought that this one box was uh, was pretty awesome. Jesus' temptation battle plan uh, gave us examples, practical steps to battle temptation. Connect with God. Be alert. Know the cost. Remember God's promises and respond appropriately. And I thought I thought those points were excellent. Connect with God. Jesus spent concentrated time with God, you know, in prayer. Be alert. Satan twisted use of scripture, uh, didn't deceive Jesus like what Steve brought up. And uh, know the cost. Jesus considered what he'd be forfeiting, you know, the joy set before him. Remember God's promises. Jesus knew God loved him and would not abandon him. And respond appropriately. Jesus knew God's word. And uh, we can't answer temptation with scripture if we don't know it. And I, I thought those were I thought those were all excellent, excellent ways to to arm yourself uh, as you get as you get into that wilderness. The point is you never know when you're gonna gonna be tempted and you don't know what form it's gonna take, right? So the best way you can do is just prepare continuously, right? As, as you were reading here, be alert, remember God's promises, right. respond appropriately. You, you don't know what the next temptation is going to be, so, so it, be prayed up and be read up. Maybe right. along <laughs> well, with the rest well, of these. Well, forewarned is forearmed. Yes. You know, and, and I think if, I mean, and, and face it, we're men. Temptation is going to come. It, it, it just, it just does. It's just, it's just part of part of being a man. And so when you when you realize that, uh, just be ready for it. Have have your have your tools ready, and and then respond. 
you know, and it's, that's what I think. And so, and now we're going to go around and um, get some uh, summary and uh, get some takeaways from this lesson. And uh, we'll start with, uh, well, we're not going to start with the professor because he's still in the driveway trying to fix the car or something. So we'll uh, go with uh, Kyle Trahan. You know, when we're talking about temptation, it's always hard. You know, it's something that we're all subject to. Something that we were all, we will all combat at one time or another. Uh, possibly daily, hourly. Depends on the person and the circumstances. You know, what they're caught up in. Um, for us, I think it's, if we do fall to the temptation and we do sin... It's reminding ourselves that God can forgive us, has forgiven us, and that he, we can never go too far for him not to accept us back. Um, we can all aspire to be Jesus and follow his lead. Um, but again, I mean, us knowing we're all sinners, we're all going to fail the temptation at some point or, or fall for the temptation at some point. Um, so you can always come home again. Excellent. Judge. Yeah. Um, Bill, you said something the author hit on right on the first page. He says, quick read, he says, temptation is an unrelenting part of human life. Uh, Satan cloaks, but you didn't part, but following up with that, Satan cloaks temptation and deception, and he says, trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Well, let's go back to that first line. Temptation is an unrelenting part of life. We're, we're going to have temptations in our life, okay? And it's hard enough, even if we prayed up, even if we fasted, if we're prayed up, read up, it's hard enough to, to fight temptations many times if they're strong in nature, and usually they're going to deal with our weakness. Your weakness is probably different from my weakness, and Steve may have a weakness in another area that's completely different, and Kyle and Robert, of course, is not here. What I want to tell you is, is be careful. Don't place yourself in temptation. You've got enough worries and tests and trials and temptations without putting yourself in a position that, puts you, that, that causes you to fail. An example is, of course, David Meshiva. David placed himself in a, in a place of temptation with Bathsheba, and he should have walked from it, walked away from it, he should have turned his head. It cost him and his family for many generations to come. They paid the price for it. Uh, and, and, and man, I can tell you, it, like Kyle said, if you're going to have a weakness, you're going to succumb to it. I would say, make sure it's not going to cost you your marriage and your whole life before you. It could cost your job if you say the wrong thing. If you do the wrong thing, it can cost your family. Be strong and be wise where you put yourself. Don't put yourself in situations that can cost you everything you've worked for. And uh, that's, my, that's my recommendation. Powerful. I'm, I'm going to go one better and, and actually say that's true. And also to be careful of shortcuts. I... One of my one of my flaws is I, I sometimes can be an impatient person, and what's interesting in these in these in what what Lucifer tempts Jesus with are not bad things. 
-hmm. attempt some, you know, turn the rocks into food. By extension, you can say, turn all the rocks in all of Israel into bread, and no one, no child will ever be hungry. Uh, you will have, you'll have done something wonderful and miraculous. That's yeah. in. Uh, go reveal yourself. You are, you are the Son of God. Show everybody mm. why and as why wait and. Then later on, ironically, there are there are some feedings of five thousand, um, but the whole mission could have been wrecked at that point if Jesus had succumbed to this temptation, because that was not the right way to get it done. That was not God's plan. That was Satan's terms. He was going to work on. So, be careful, even when you're tempted. To do something what looks good, that you're not the ends are the the, the, the means to do that are, are wrong. Um, the price you're paying is way too high. That I think is is part of this whole thing, and I think uh, encapsulated. Be be careful of shortcuts, because that's that's one one way the, the you know Satan works himself in. You might think you're doing, you know, you're on course. This is going to be great. I'm going to compromise this just so we can get it done that much faster, or in my opinion, that much better, but not the way. And 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 this this takes enormous faith. What we see here this is is this enormous faith on Jesus's part that God's plan is the right plan. Now we know we know the ending. That's why it's easy for us to say say this. But if really the, the trick is to be able to surrender what, you know, your impatience or even to some extent your, your drive toward that goal to understand or ask, is this the plan that God wants? Am I jumping the gun? Or am I, am I, am I doing, I am, is, the, is the way I'm going about it wrong? And that sometimes... You don't know. That's hard, and for men, that's really hard. I'm not, I'm not saying, and 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 that's where real true faith comes in. So you you can jump. Mm -hmm. Timing is everything, Steve. What you're saying, mm -hmm. which is absolutely mm -hmm. brilliant, because what may be in God's plan a week from now, mm -hmm. if you try mm -hmm. to force the issue mm -hmm. today, you can mm -hmm. be wrong, mm -hmm. sitting or doing wrong, mm -hmm. or or misguiding your life. That, that's very good point, Steve. And, you know, we've talked about temptation, and we also put a, in, this has been a bit of a negative spin on it as well. But I just want uh, all you listeners out there to understand that it takes discipline to resist temptation. But the thing about it is, in discipline, there is a reward intrinsically in itself. So as you live principled and disciplined, you will understand the reward, reward from not succumbing to temptation. So, And with that, this is podcast number 143. We're so glad that you joined us. We are on iHeartRadio. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're also on SoundCloud, where we have all of our podcasts archived. And we have a website which is at man up spiritualoasis.com and a facebook page which is at man up if you want to post a question we'll be more than happy to answer it 
want to encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. <laughs> go. Participate. Find a small group, kind of like us, where you can dig deep into the scriptures, update them, apply them to your own personal lives, and find one that is men only so you can have this kind of discussion. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.